McMaster University has over 210,000 alumni living in 140 countries around the world, and they are some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. Unconventional will introduce you to some of our alumni who are working to make our world a brighter place in their own unique way. Join me, Karen McQuig, Alumni Director at MAC, as we meet alumni in the arts, cutting edge entrepreneurs, alumni leading the way in health, technology, education, and more, as we learn the moments that their path from MAC became unconventional. In today's episode, I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Laura King, a 2012 graduate with her Master's of Science in Biology. After defending her thesis, she decided to work for a year in a small town in Quebec. Laura wanted to become fully bilingual, and during her time in Quebec, she developed programs in French. She also learned more about endangered species conservation with rare reptiles, birds, and planets on the island of Mauritius. Laura currently is a wildlife toxicologist, is president of the organization Nature Newfoundland and Labrador, and serves on the board of directors at Wildlife Habitat Canada. She's always been passionate about giving back, something Laura learned from her parents, who are also avid volunteers. During her time at MAC, she led and co-led hiking, caving, and paddling trips with the Outdoor Club, which helped prepare her for some of these roles. Today, Laura describes her work as some days boots in bogs and other days blazers, perhaps somewhat similar to what some of us are experiencing during the pandemic days and working from home. Please join me in welcoming Laura to Unconventional. Thank you, Laura, for joining us in our podcast, Unconventional. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Were you one of, um, let's go back in the Wayback Machines when you were at McMaster. So were you one of uh, the undergraduate students that sometimes yeah. we run into who have a master plan on exactly how your career path would be, um, what your, you know, what's the first thing you do post-graduation? Um, and if you did, what did that master plan look like? <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely wasn't one of those people. Um, I did not do my undergraduate at Mac. I did that elsewhere. And then I came to McMaster to do grad school. So by the time I was at McMaster, I was mid figuring it out, I suppose. Um, but no, I knew very early on, even as a child, that I wanted to be a biologist. And some people when I was going through high school would say, oh, I'm not sure if that's a really good career. What about healthcare? So that came up a lot. What about healthcare? What about healthcare? But I knew that wasn't the path for me because um, I like to be outside more than I like fluorescent lighting. And uh, so I knew that I wanted to be a biologist. So when I found the master's program um, at McMaster, which ended up being very unique for me because it was at McMaster, but also co-supervised through the federal government, I knew that that would set me on the right career path to be doing the kind of applied um, conservation related um, biology that I wanted to be in. Uh, so no, I never had a master plan. I just knew I wanted to be a biologist and I knew that there might be side roads that would eventually get me there. Yeah. So had you thought like whether you had a master plan or not, did you always expect to do graduate um, work after your undergrad? I knew that it was a strong possibility that I would need that for the kind of work that I was envisioning and I did not go straight into grad school it took a year off which again people tell you all sorts of advice that isn't necessarily a good fit some people said oh you leave school after undergrad you'll never go back and 
that wasn't true at all. Um, I worked at the government for a year and then I found this uh, master's program at McMaster where I could continue to do some work with the government and go to McMaster at the same time. So I felt like I got all of the different experiences um, all together. So I knew that that was a really good fit and I would have only gone to grad school if it really made sense for what I really enjoyed and this did. So it, it really came together quite well that summer, I would say. So I think you've had you had a very interesting path when you were um, defending your um, master's. Um, you decided to work for a year in a small town in Quebec because you wanted to be fully bilingual. So w when did you think that was something you really wanted to do? And, and what was that experience like? It was really interesting. Um, I grew up in Ottawa. And so being bilingual had sort of followed me. There had been jobs that I hadn't gotten before because my French wasn't good enough, which was kind of painful <laughs> because <laughs> I knew that it wasn't, you know, an intellectual limitation. I just hadn't put the time in. So again, a lot of people see your life as, as linear and every step comes after every other step and that it would be silly to go to a small town and come back and, and work in a school for a year, uh, which is what I did instead of taking this great science job. Um, so it was kind of a difficult decision, but I figured, you know, I'm young, I'm fresh out of school. If I don't do this now and really lock in the, the ability to be fully bilingual, maybe I never will because life will come for me later and it'll be even harder to leave. Uh, so I worked in a high school in a very small town in Quebec and I had a great time. And I lived with, uh, you know, someone who didn't speak any English, which is much more effective than trying to learn it on your own because you're forced to. And then I've been using that in my career ever since then, the fact that I'm bilingual now. So I, I you know, you kind of take a financial or career hit some years, but I felt that it would pay off. And of course I got outside. I went uh, snowshoeing and bird watching and, you know, I took public transit to work and watch the birds. And I really had a great time up there. It was an adventure. I was all by myself. I didn't know anyone. Um, and so I think it appealed to the adventurous side of me that I wasn't ready to just spend another year in a lab at that point. I needed to do something different. And uh, yeah, again, you know, following what I thought I should do, it did pay off in that situation because I never regret uh, being, being bilingual now. It pays off in my personal and in my professional life in so many different ways, so yeah. So you're uh, one of our mentors on our online mentoring platform, and it seems that mentoring is a really important thing for you um, to share yeah. some experiences with, with students and young alumni. So why is mentoring so important to you? I think it's important because when I was in high school, I had never met a biologist. Um, it's definitely a career that we see on TV. We see lots of wildlife careers. We see people like maybe Steve Irwin or David Attenborough, Jane Goodall, but I had never met a Canadian biologist ever. My parents are not in science. And so I think a lot of the people who were, who were very well-meaning, who kept asking me if I was sure I didn't want to do healthcare, they also just didn't know a lot of biologists. So when McMaster sent out these emails, I'm on the alumni email list, and they sent out these emails asking if we might want to participate, I clicked through, and most of the mentors at that time were, um, you know, business focused or engineering, which is awesome, but there was no one there who was a biologist, and I figured that if I had uh, been a little uncertain about what being a biologist would be like 
really, then other people might be too. And the other thing is it's really fair. So I do it for free. So you don't have to have connections. Your parents don't need to know someone. You can just book me. Um, and I take the time to do all sorts of different things with students. I go over their CVs. We can do a fake interview. And what I do the most is just called career conversation, where they ask me every different type of question about being a biologist and what parts I regret and, and what's the best parts. And um, so to be able to have access to all these different experts in all these different fields um, is great. And some of them probably uh, never become a biologist, and that's fine too, uh, because many people major in biology but don't continue with it. But some of them do, and I've had the exciting experience of getting one of them a job, and I've had the exciting experience of one of them came back to me recently and asked if we could talk again now she's going to grad school. So it's really, really exciting to hear all the different things that are new. They have so many different interests and they're typically very motivated students, but some of them don't really know what real life is like in the work world yet. Um, so it's, it's really easy to tell them what my day-to-day -day life is like and the parts that I like the best. And I, I feel really grateful that I've been a little step on, on their path because it's not always easy to figure out what to do with a biology degree. Um, and the government is a great place to work, but it's pretty closed. You know, it's not, it's not a lot online about how to be a biologist in the government. So I can help with that sometimes too. Well, and I think that's part of the challenge too, right? Like is when you're growing up, you know what certain professions do, but it's like, okay, I have a passion for this, but do people actually pay exactly. people for that? Right. And so um, yeah, exactly. So a lot of times people, they know like the five professions, they know doctor and lawyer and firefighter, and they don't know a lot about how it is to be a, a bird biologist or a wetland biologist or a toxicologist. And they've never met anyone before who does these sort of niche fields, maybe so. So at McMaster, you were quite involved with the McMaster Outdoor Club, which now leads you to being um, the president of Nature Newfoundland and Labrador. So what was it about, what is it about the outdoors that um, provides you such joy in your life and one that you um, have spent a lot of volunteer hours working on and, and uh, immersing yourself in, in that world? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of extreme volunteering when you're away for a whole week or or a whole weekend, isn't it? I think the outdoors can be really transformative. So a lot of people are looking to do things um, with their life that are not their job. Uh, so what's really cool about the McMaster Outdoor Club is that people from all different majors come together. So you want to spend lots of time with biologists. Sure, I like that too. But we would all be from different majors and different backgrounds and we would come together in the outdoor club. And socially, I think it's kind of transformative to get out of your comfort zone. Often I was very, very, very cold and wet. I was pushed to the limits of my psychological fears sometimes. I was pushed to my social limits. I learned so many new skills. Um, you learn how to you know cook with other people in the backcountry and you get exposed to nature and you do a lot of things that you don't do when we mostly sit at our laptop for school right so most students are sitting in a laptop a lot of the time especially during COVID I'm sure they are um, so to be able to build all these skills that for many of us uh, did pay off professionally um, at the same time as getting outdoors getting to know other students outside our little bubble um, was really transformative. And so I really think that recreation is 
something important for everyone. It can be like an occasional game of squash or it can be a three week uh, canoeing trip, but whatever makes you feel renewed and energetic and excited um, about your life. Um, is, is worth doing. And so it's really nice when you're in university, you can choose from everything. You know, I, it could have been the badminton club or the chess club, but for me, it's um, getting active and using our bodies in new ways um, that really pays off for me. So I learned a lot leading um, as well. So you develop a sort of personality um, to try to lead. So uh, you sort of have to be on all the time. And what we typically say in leading is that whatever happens that day, that's the best day ever. So if it rains all day, that's your favorite. You love rain. <laughs> and rain is perfect for paddling because you don't overheat, say. Or it's perfect because maybe the rain will bring the birds down. And so you develop this almost <laughs> over the top uh, you know, expression, way of being to motivate. You could have 20 or 30 very cold, very hungry, very wet students with you. And developing that skill of taking care of a group of people uh, from the safety aspect, as well as the psychological aspect, especially that many of them were new to Canada. Many of them were completely new to outdoors. So you're doing some psychological management to make sure everybody's happy. And that's huge personal growth for me. Um, you know, like I said, I was spending lots of time in front of a laptop and alone in the lab. So to be able to do those kinds of things with big groups of people um, was transformative for me too. So the participants hopefully got things out of it, but so did I as a leader because I learned how to care for people outdoors. And I've used that as well. Um, obviously running Nature, Newfoundland and Labrador, we run lots of trips, but also a little bit of guiding in tourism myself. Um, where your main job is to, yes, show off the biology and the wildlife, but also to just make sure that people are comfortable and safe. And that can be really technical. Like if you're doing rock climbing, you really have a lot to think about and you're doing math in your head maybe, or it can just be keeping an eye out for someone who seems like they might be rolling their ankle mm -hmm. um, on this type of terrain, or really just checking that someone has the right rain jacket because we're gonna be doing an overnight. And if they get cold now, then they'll be miserable later. So. It's, uh, it's really interesting putting together these trips. Um, I like both aspects, uh, the adventure side and also the, the making sure that people have a great experience in the outdoors. And in many cases, both at McMaster Outdoor Club and at Nature NL, it was myself and my other leaders, it was the group of us who were people's first introduction to adventure. So they'd never done anything like this before. And I hear that all the time. You know, oh, I wanted to try hiking, but I was scared. Or I wanted to try canoeing. I knew I shouldn't go out on my own and things like that. So that's really rewarding to be able to hold someone's hand in a way um, as they experience a new sport. And um, for many people, it turns into a lifelong love and they stick with it. Um, and, and so we were there in the beginning and then they come back too. So um, being able to have that role as a leader in these kind of recreation and outdoor communities is really satisfying to me. And that's why I'm still doing it many years later, I'm doing something very similar to what I did at McMaster. Well, it's interesting as you were talking about that, because oftentimes um, when students are graduating from university and they're going out for their first sort of real, like, okay, I'm going to get my first real job that 
they mm -hmm. they don't tell the stories about their extracurricular in the same way that you did where you talked about you know you had to become a leader and it's very much problem solving and, and whatnot and and those activities really do provide a foundation that that they can use as they head off into McMaster so yeah yeah and it's it's, it's interesting it, you know if I always like listening to those stories because I think it tell it it tells a lot about the skills that the person has. Totally. I'm hiring right now um, in in one of my involved well at Nature NL. And so I'm looking at lots of CVs and resumes. And whenever I see people who are involved in recreation, especially in a leadership role, then I know that they have a certain set of skills. It really doesn't matter to me if they're the chair of the badminton club or the president of the curling club that is a certain set of skills that typically translates well into what we're looking for in this case and um it means that they've sometimes been through a lot of painful personal growth to be able to do that because it's often about putting other people first and when you can do that you can lead a very successful trip that's right on the edge of danger that's my favorite to manage the danger so that you're right on the edge um and still keep people safe and happy so yeah so it's organization too you know even if you're running a badminton club it's it's administrative it means you can pull people together and get them lined up behind your vision even if that vision is small that, that you can still do that so uh, i'm going to ask you a question about like you like to lindy hop jive foxtrot and waltz so where does dance come into your world and <laughs> and, and um what attracted it to you and is it is it your stress release yeah definitely it is. Um, I think, you know, science and wildlife and conservation, those are my one true love. Those are my professional love. But when I'm not doing that, I'm still very energetic and very, you could almost say agitated. You know, we can think about the kind of person where the good things about them are also their downfall. <laughs> so one of my things is that I just like to be moving. So I have a lot of like restless energy. And so I need to be using that in, um, paddling or, or hiking or running or something like that. And dance is extremely physically demanding, like much more than I would have thought um, uh, to do these styles of dance. And uh, it's also difficult. So I think the other thing throughout my whole life and my whole career is I've been, for better or worse, looking for challenges. And it's really difficult to learn all these different styles so I think I've learned over the past few years, like 16 styles, doesn't mean I'm good at them all, but uh, I'm always <laughs> learning a new style. Um, so it keeps me moving. It's very spatial. Um, you sort of map it out in your head. It's a little bit mathematical too. And uh, it's something that is certainly not science and wildlife and keeps my head away from all that because I do a lot of volunteering at Nature NL too, which is in many ways similar to being a biologist. But then when I'm dancing, I'm just dancing. It is so demanding to figure out what step comes next and which side of the room you need to be on and not to crash into this other person. And are you on the music? And um, to maybe keep, take care of what your partner in the dance is doing too, if you're leading them. Uh, there's so much going on. You can't think of anything else. Your brain is just full. <laughs> You're at capacity. So I like the idea that, you know, I'm, I'm not really that young anymore, but I'm still challenging myself um, to learn new things, even in a, you know, a fun recreational way and to do something that's 
you know, healthy and active on the weekends with my friends. That's not wildlife. It's really fun. Also, I live in Newfoundland and the weather is pretty bad. So there's a few months a year that even your outdoor activities are a little bit compromised. You can't do everything. So certainly, even when you're really outdoorsy, you might want alternate things for all the blizzard days that we get in February. And if you right. can dance, then you can be happy indoors in Newfoundland too. There you go. So, so this past year has been one, well, this, really this past 15 months has been one that no one had expected. So what have you learned about yourself from the experience of the pandemic? Yeah. Well, I think um, talking about all these things that I do outside my job, you know, for the past few years, I've been working full time. I've been running this uh, organization. I've been dancing. I've been doing many other recreational activities. And I was the type of person that would have like three or four things scheduled on the calendar every single day outside my job. So sometimes I would joke that the nine to five was like a warm up for me because I would just have to like grab dinner and get right back into it and to, um, you know, evening paddling or uh, lots of different board meetings, things like that. And I remember in March uh, when COVID started and I remember that night we were supposed to be salsa dancing and it was canceled. And that was the very first thing that I, you know, quote unquote, lost in my life. And I looked at my calendar and I just started deleting things off my agenda as things were canceled. And one by one, like they just disappeared, right? My schedule was cleared. So for the first time in decades, I was doing nothing. I wasn't involved in anything. And um, I think what I learned is how to keep myself entertained. Um, how to entertain yourself all by yourself when that's not your normal. So it's not normal for me to like sit at home and sew and watch Netflix. That makes me agitated. And so <laughs> I had to learn how to relax and give up control to the tiniest little biological thing. I mean, it's this tiny virus. It's this, he's like one little change in DNA makes a variant and things like that, right? So yeah. You can't fight nature. <laughs> the virus is out there sweeping the land. And I just had to pick up a sewing project that I hadn't touched in 10 years. And I had to sit down and be like, Laura, this is the new normal. Even in the beginning, you know, they didn't even want people out hiking and stuff. So we were really limited in terms of what we might normally do. And so I learned that sewing and sitting on your couch can be really valuable experiences too. <laughs> It flashes back to me from when my mother would say, can't you entertain yourself? And like at the time, it's like, no. Mm -hmm. And then now you realize through the pandemic, yeah, I can entertain myself when forced to. Yeah, some, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I wonder if I was doing all that stuff as a distraction because I didn't want to sit at home and sew. And I guess I was, but, but it's not so bad. <laughs> no, not so bad. No. Yeah. So what is one piece of advice you wish you knew when you first graduated? I think. I talked to some people about this question. It's really good because we don't remember our, our prior selves very well. So I asked a few friends and it was really interesting all the different answers they gave. And I think one of them said that, um, you know, to enjoy the scientific process. So, you know, when we're doing grad school or we're doing a thesis, it's research and it's called research because we don't know the answers. And so it's not meant to be simple and linear and easy to understand because we're pushing at the boundaries of our knowledge and what we understand. Um, it's meant to be tricky and complicated 
and convoluted. And it's really important to be able to enjoy that because that's, you know, I was graduating. I didn't know what would happen, but I would end up working in research for many years. And I still feel frustrated by that sometimes. But the piece of advice there is to enjoy the scientific process, to enjoy it as it unfolds and to know that that's why we're there. We're not there for this to be really easy. Otherwise we would just snap our fingers and we would know the answer. We would just write a book about it. Um, and when I was talking to some friends about this too, the idea of, of enjoying the scientific process, we can also just extend that to life, enjoy the process in general. So when you first graduate, I think it is a time of great, um, many unknowns and maybe great anxiety because we're looking to what's next. And we think uh, when I get a job, when I get a better apartment, uh, you know, when I have a family or, or once I move to my new city or once I'm settled, you hear that a lot once I'm settled, but we can think about it in the same way that we think about research. So every day is beautiful. Even the ones where we're living in a moldy basement apartment, which is what I did <laughs> when I was younger. But those days were beautiful too. That's part of the process. And so I sort of wish that I had just realized that every day has equal value. There is no perfect end point. I'm still not at any perfect end point many years later. Um, and that we can still enjoy the process even when we're struggling. Um, to finish a thesis or or trying to get a job, uh, we should enjoy that process too, um, and not not always think of oh once I get this or tomorrow things will be better. It's today is is the day to make the most of it, and I think a lot of students still struggle to think that way because it's such a temporary phase of our lives. So what's next for you, Laura? Where do you see yourself professionally in like five to ten years? Well, I'm enjoying working with the government right now. Um, I've sort of bounced around and done lots of different things, um, nonprofits and charities and government. And especially when the government is sort of on side with, uh, with lots of interesting questions and with moving forward with conservation and research as, as they seem to be right now, um, it is a great place to be. So I am really enjoying that right now, um, doing lots of different interesting projects. And I think, for Nature NL, where I volunteer, the handover will be in the next five, 10 years. So making sure that we have a new president that can take it forward. And then I also like to do a little bit of consulting on the side and a little bit of work in tourism. And so I'd like to fully develop that a little bit more and have my own little, I don't know, company is maybe too strong of a word, but my own little outfit. And um, I'd love to get into that more because I think Newfoundland is a wonderful place to develop wildlife tourism and adventure tourism. And I just love uh, being out on the water and sharing uh, the land with people and the wildlife. So I'd like to develop that aspect of my, of my career. And uh, yeah, with COVID ending, I think our, our province will be in a good position for recovery because it's huge. <laughs> so yes. we can definitely do really good distancing. And <laughs> yeah. We yeah. can, we can all come to, we can all come to the rock because we're, we're, we've been stuck in our homes in Ontario. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think like I'm, I'm on the track that I want to be. So five to 10 years from now, 
same but more you know same but better same <laughs> I like that same but more that's great yeah so as we come to the end of our conversation we always like to ask a few rapid fire questions so if you're ready for them I'm gonna fire a few away uh, a few at you um sure. favorite memory of McMaster oh um I guess all of the different ways I spent time in Coots Paradise so I TA'd there I kayaked there we went with the outdoor club there. We went canoeing. I uh, flipped over logs to show people little salamanders. I uh, bird watched there. Um, and in between lab work too, I would just jet down and watch some birds and hang out there. So having that so close to campus, those many beautiful memories. That is a beautiful place. Best COVID mm -hmm. purchase. I finally got my own sea kayak this year. Uh, so I'd been renting and borrowing and I had a loan from a friend for a couple of years and I finally got my own. It fits me perfectly. I love it. Great purchase for COVID. Stay away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there a book you're reading you'd recommend or a podcast you're listening to? I just started reading um, a book about seabirds in Scotland that my sister gave me. Uh, and she lives in Scotland. And so I think she thought I would like to explore the birds there. It's called The Seafarers, A Journey Among Birds by Stephen Rutt. So I just started that. So it's, it's bringing up all sorts of images of Scottish cliffs, which is cool. It is cool. What is your personal motto? Uh, it is gather no moss. <laughs> <laughs> So moss is really cool, but uh, as you can sort of tell, maybe from my whole life, I'm always trying to find something new. I'm always getting into something interesting. And I think it's really important not to be like stagnant pond water. It's important to keep moving and gather no moss. Oh, cool. And then one song that best describes your time at McMaster. Ooh, um, something about finally finishing. <laughs> Something about reaching the finish line. Yep. <laughs> Something about the wind, the long and winding road. Oh, that could be a good one. Yeah, that could be a great one. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't get out of my graduate degree quickly, but I certainly got there and I did a lot of fun things along the way. So. Well, then that, that's a good song to recommend. So, well, yep. thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Laura. This has been a really great conversation and you've certainly had a really interesting career from uh, being a graduate student at McMaster and then uh, leading, um, you know, working for the government and then leading a nature organization and, uh, you know, dancing up a storm and uh, <laughs> watching some Netflix while you're doing that sewing project that yep. you put away for 10 years. So it's yes, been, exactly. Yeah. And I, and on behalf of everybody in the alumni office, you know, thank you for your spending your time mentoring our, our students. It's a great um, program that we have, and it only works because we have alumni like you who participate in and share their stories with our current students. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for setting it up. And, uh, you know, I had never heard of it until I got that alumni email. So it's really on you guys for setting up such a great program and having so many engaged students who all know about it, too. So I'm never short on requests. I get them. <laughs> I get them regularly. So your students really know that they should be using this program. It's great. Right. And the lesson to everybody else who's listening to read your e alumni emails. And on that <laughs> note, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap up. Thanks, Laura. Thanks so much.